Good morning, church family. It's good to see you this morning. Come on and wave at me. Let me know you're awake. All right. I see a lot of open eyes out there ready to worship. Come on, let's set our attention on the King and give him all of our praise. He's worthy this morning. Here we go. Your heart that loves with no condition. I'm invited into freedom, forgiven, wider than the snow. There's a living fountain I know where grace and mercy overflow. Love has come to save.
them, and I'm so glad that God is in the house this morning. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, he's in the house. He's in the house. You can go ahead and grab a seat. You can grab a seat in the presence of the Lord. We're so glad that you're here this morning. And uh, my name is Will Caesar. For those of you that I haven't met yet, I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, if you're a first-time guest with us, uh, we just want to, we would love a way to connect with you. You can take out your smart device and you can scan the QR code on the screen. Or you can text D1TEXT to 84576. Or you can grab the connect card from the seat pocket in front of you. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. Uh, and you can hold on to it until after service. You can drop it in some of our giving boxes as you exit, but we also ask that you hold on to it and go visit our guest reception. Our leadership team and our pastors would love to meet you, but before we go any further, Dothan First, can we welcome our first-time guests this morning? We're so glad that you're here or watching online, and uh, please, again, if you're online, comment, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, some of the things that you see on D1 Text, you can get connected. Uh, you sign up for prayer, for life groups. You can tell us your story, share your testimony. We want to encourage you to take, take your next steps in faith, whether that's through growth track or baptism or even child dedication, which we're going to celebrate one of those today, which is super exciting because we just love honoring and celebrating families. Come on, somebody say family. It's so important to us here. We also want to encourage you to follow us on our social media platforms. We have plenty of those for you to choose from. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Dothan1ST. Please follow us there. Also, we want to encourage you to download the YouVersion Bible app. We want God's Word accessible to you, and you can follow along with the message notes. Uh, you can share those notes with somebody that may need a word of encouragement, someone you know, or I, I encourage you tomorrow, as you're at work or school or wherever that is, you can go over with them what Pastor Mark teaches today, and it's just, it's just going to be a word of encouragement, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, we have some exciting things going on at Dothan First. Uh, yesterday, at District fine arts uh some of our leaders and i my wife and i Lindsay, we took our students uh to birmingham and if you believe in this next generation can you honor them real quick we love them so much we believe in them students from all across alabama showcase their talent and uh, i'm so thankful for a generation that doesn't bury their talent they use it we we use gifts not people amen and so i just want to go over a list of students that placed from first and third place in some uh categories they again they honored you guys super well they honored god they honored their families our church and our pastors but uh, i just want to honor a few we had jackson anderson he was first place in drum solo uh yeah he killed it you crushed it bro uh, Lauren Tillis, she was third place in woodwind clarinet solo. She did amazing. She also preached yesterday, and she did a great job, but, um, and she uh, advanced the nationals in that as well. We had Eli Adams, first place woodwind on saxophone. I'm just telling y'all, y'all got to hear Eli play. Eli is amazing. Uh, Madeline uh, Hossel, uh, third third place graphic design. She did uh, amazing as well. Hannah Coker, third place spoken word. She did amazing. We got a lot of communicators in this generation. And then last but not least, our large human video, they were first place in the state of Alabama. It was so powerful. So please be on the lookout for that. We're gonna get a chance for them to showcase their talents and glorify God here on a Sunday morning as well. So we're so proud of them. But speaking of young people, somebody say tonight. Come on, say tonight. 
Our young adult game night is tonight in the Family Life Center starting at 6 p.m. This is for ages 18 to 35. This is a free event. So if you know someone that fits in that age group, please invite them for a time of fun, fellowship. It's going to be a great time right in our, our building on this, our second building on this property. We encourage you to do that. Also, we're hosting Pray Dothan next Sunday, April the 30th at 5 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. Yeah, you can give God some praise for that because we believe that God answers prayer and there's nothing better than when like-minded believers come into a place and believe in faith. And our prayer has been the same since we've gotten here and it's in alignment with our pastors. God, whatever you're doing, do it in Dothan first. So please don't miss that. That is April the 30th at 5 p.m. here in the sanctuary. We're partnering with churches and pastors all across the Wiregrass area. It's gonna be great. Last but not least, uh, next Sunday is also Lead Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And we get a chance to honors, honor Pastors Mark and Michelle Benson for your seven years of faithfulness here in this church. And uh, the Bible talks about those who are in positions of leadership are worthy of double honor. So as I get ready to bring them to the stage, can you go ahead and uh, thank them and honor them for the gift that they are to this house? Y'all guys, come on and come. We love you so much. Thank you. Well, it is a great day to celebrate, and uh, we get to celebrate a family today. And it's not just a baby dedication. Really, for us, it is a family dedication because it's a special, special moment. Yes, we are excited today to be able to dedicate Miss Mary, David, and Everett. And I'm going to have Mom and Dad, Martin and Haley Everett, bring sweet baby girl up and just want to say hi to uh, Mary David has a full-on tribe here today. <laughs> yes, if you are do. part of the family, wave at us. Come on, this give morning. it up for this family. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at that. Wow. How we are so glad you're here. She. Wow. We're gonna move you right here. We've got big brothers here, Lachlan so and Brayden. And you know, Mark and I were just, I think it was this morning that you were saying just almost two years ago. Almost to the day. To the we day were we were dedicating Brayden. <laughs> and so if you could just keep doing this every two years, we can grow the church. So let's do this. All right, together. But we are so excited um, and just love you guys so much um, and are just so proud of the parents that you are to your three children, raising them in the house of the Lord and the things of the Lord. And I know personally some of your walk and journey and how you guys pour in to your children the word of God and how to pray and how to worship. And just want to say that we are just so proud of you. And this morning as we dedicate little Mary David, um, her I love that name, Mary David, and I know that you named her after one of uh, Martin's um, uncles. And, oh, look at him. He raised his hand over there, yes, because of just how much that they love and respect you. I know I've heard about you, so glad that you're here. But today we're dedicating Mary David Ann, and her name actually means blessed, beloved, graceful, but you know what? I felt like in praying about this morning, I felt like the Lord was bringing me to the word joy for her. And it couldn't be because when you see her, you feel joy. Yeah, right. But just her eyes. and I mean, look at that smile right there, you know? <laughs> I don't think I've ever really heard her cry except for a couple of times, but just her eyes light up the room. And personally, um, Haley, I know your story, and I can say this because just walking with you. I know that she has brought deep 
great healing in your life. Just the joy that she is of, um, and the plans that God has for her. But yeah, joy. And so the scripture that I felt the Lord um, to say over her this morning is out of Romans 15, 13. And it says this, and I'm going to come over here. And Lachlan, can I, can I speak this over your sister this morning out of the word of God? Thank you, sir. Thank you. They are very protective, I promise you. I've seen it. He's like, no, that's my sister. I love it, buddy. Okay, Mary David, this morning, here's the word of the Lord over you. It says, and out of Romans, I pray that God, the source of your hope, will fill you with completely with joy and peace because you, Mary David, will trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, we're up here again, and this is beautiful. I love it. I'm so proud of this couple. I love them deeply. They're uh, not just people that are part of our church. I, I just we, we love them in a connected way. Uh, because we've watched their lives and uh, just seeing how God's helping you blossom as parents. Uh, not easy, three kids, right? Uh, not easy uh, to keep them all like, you know, when you got two, you can play man-to-man defense, but it's like zone defense. Like you, you jump in, I'll, I'll take it when I got it. I got it. That's right. That's right. But you know what? It's awesome. It's awesome because kids are a joy in the journey. And I want to say to the family, thank you for being a special part of this moment. I know how significant this is to them, but also I know how significant it is to you as well. And uh, you play a significant role in their journey every day. And thank you for your willingness to come alongside them as the congregation is going to as well to help them in the journey. But uh, as we dedicate little Mary David to the Lord, I'm going to ask the parents a couple of questions. And if you just do us a favor as I'm reading this, if you agree with this, you just simply say, we do. So do you now present Mary David before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring her up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord, and allowing her and encouraging her to partner with you by seeing the power of the Holy Spirit in her life, and then regularly fellowshipping with other church members? If so, just say, we, we do. But with God's help, do you promise to bless Mary David by modeling the teachings of Jesus and training her in the practice of prayer and guiding her in the development of Christ-like character? If so, say we do. And do you now commit to pray daily for this miracle of life that's been entrusted to you and guiding Mary David so that in following the example of your life, she will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior? If so, say we do. <laughs> well, I, as I'm solemnly charging you with this task, I'm loving watching, having to deal with all the stuff. It's part of life, and it's so good. Because listen, sometimes we think that life has got to be rigid and regimented, and, and it's good. It's okay. But you know what? Things aren't always going to go like, oh, the children are just going to stay calm and nobody's gonna move. Like when we solemnly dedicate to the Lord, this is when the kids just go crazy, right? That's okay, because we want you to know we love the joy that they bring to this house, the zeal, the enthusiasm. 
We love every bit of it, right? I mean, I enjoy, this is where Jesus with his disciples, like all the kids were rambunctious, running all around, going crazy. The, the transformers were falling on the ground and the toy was falling and they didn't know what to do. And Jesus was totally cool with it. And the disciples were like trying to keep them all at bay. And he's like, no, let the kids come to me. Let's have fun. Like, let's have fun. Let's celebrate kids being kids in the house of God. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to pray over Mary David as well as all the kids and the parents. Would you do us a favor? I know you can't all be up here at once, but you can do this. Just kind of extend your hand, kind of like you're just kind of putting your hand on their shoulder, letting them know like you're behind them, you're with them 100%. Can you do that? Just stretch out your hand as we pray. Lord Jesus, right now, as we pray for little Mary David, we just speak blessing over her. God, we thank you for the joy that she is both to this family and to this congregation. And we speak blessing over her and for her brothers. Lord, I thank you so much for them. And I just speak blessing over them as they celebrate their sister. God, now I ask for this family, their parents. Lord, I thank you for Haley and Martin. And I just speak blessing over them. Godly parents. Lord, I just thank you that they're examples to not just this city, but the world, that we can love our children and do our best to represent you faithfully. And I just speak blessing over them and over their extended family. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Can you give it up for this family today? We're gonna take a quick picture. All right. All right, we love you guys so much. This is so much fun for us to be a part of this. We got a special gift we're gonna give you. And be careful on the way down because I don't want you to, you got precious cargo. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Proud of you guys. Come on, one more time, give it up for them. Bless you guys. Well, hey, listen, we're celebrating them, but we're also celebrating what God's doing in your life as well. And we know that, uh, you have a story as well that you bring to the table. And today, <clears throat> there may be things going on in your life that you need special prayer. And we're going to go ahead and encourage you to do the biblical thing. The Bible says if there's uh, anyone sick among you, you can go to the elders and receive prayer. Or if there's things going on in a uh, maybe financial need or a relational need that's, that's come up or even a spiritual need. Uh, I'm going to invite our elders, if you would just simply stand and make your way toward our three stations of prayer. We'll have a station of prayer in the back over by this exit sign there and in the back over by that exit sign and up in the balcony over here. They're just going to be standing there and waiting. If you need prayer for any reason, they're going to be waiting and uh, they're going to celebrate the goodness of God and believe God with you for a miracle result in your life. And listen, this is the time in our service where we get to give unto the Lord. How many grateful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been good and faithful to you. He's taken care of us, and we bless his holy name. Let's pray together over this offering time, this time of giving and worship. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we get to give. And as we're obedient to the giving of tithes and offerings, God's word says, prove me now in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. There won't be room enough to receive it. And I pray a financial increase on you and your households. I call for better jobs to those who need or desire them. I declare favor and breakthrough in court cases, settlements, inheritances, and estates that are justly yours. Lord, we pray for even unexpected monies to be discovered. 
I bless, Lord, every entrepreneur in this room. May your minds be inspired with godly ideas for creative inventions. And Lord, for those who own their own businesses, let abundant blessings be released on your company as you bless your employees. And now, Lord, we just pray strategic blessings over families, households, marriages, extended family, that in Jesus' name, you would be Lord of all and bring peace to our homes. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And we're not going to pass the plate, but you can, on your way out, if you have uh, something in the giving envelope, you can simply put that in the worship giving boxes on the way out. Well, would you stand up with us? Let's worship the Lord together in song. Continue that atmosphere of giving to the Lord by giving our hearts to Him in song. Let's worship God together. tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken I won't be shaken My feet doesn't stand a chance when I
sit in his presence for just a second today. right now and God I pray for those that may have come in weary battling struggling feeling difficulty and the weight of the world on their shoulders God I just pray that whatever those burdens are that they've carried in today God I pray that you would lift those in your presence you said there's fullness of joy and Lord we know that joy is not just the fruit of the spirit it represents more even than just happiness or for happiness is circumstantial but joy is something that is it's long lasting that even when difficulty comes we know in whom we have believed and we're persuaded that you're able to keep that which we've committed unto you against that day and so we once again give our lives and our hearts to you and I pray in Jesus name as we do that as we lift up our lives to you, that you would not only take them as a sacrifice of praise, but you would also refill us with the joy, the joy of your spirit. Thank you, God, for the joy of our salvation. And I just speak blessing over this congregation right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 How many are thankful for the joy of the Lord? It's our strength. Come on. How many are thankful? God puts our, the joy in our heart. He gives us strength through it. No matter what you're going through today, God's beside you. Can you just turn to your neighbor beside you and let him know, hey, God's with you. God is for you. And then you can go ahead and be seated and turn your attention to the screens. To the broken to the hurting, to the desperate and to the defeated, to the common, the average, the plain and the small, I want you to know you matter to God. To the washed up and the worn out, to the helpless and the hopeless, to the cast outs, the dropouts, the last picks and hypocrites, to the unimpressive and the underwhelming, to the nobodies and has-beens, to people just like me. You matter to God. You are not defined by your worst days or your biggest mistakes. And you are not the sum total of all your setbacks, slip-ups, failures, and faults. Because who you are is not determined by what you have, where you've been, or what you've done, but who Jesus declares you to be. You matter to God. Maybe at some point somebody told you something that simply wasn't true that you're nothing but unworthy, unwanted, and unloved. But I want the loudest voice in your ear to be the voice that breaks the cedars and shakes the wilderness, and he says, you matter to me. 
Before the galaxies were born, or the first star gave light. Before the ocean waves crashed, or the night sky cracked with thunder. Before any creature crawled, or any bird sang. Before the planets were set in motion, he set in motion the plan of your salvation. From the highest heights of heaven, the Lord of all creation, looked upon your desperation, he became like one of us to remake all of us. To make an orphan his child. To make a rebel his friend. To set the prisoner free. You matter to God. So to all the sons and daughters of God, to all my brothers and sisters in Christ, behold his power and glory and majesty. Behold the one who matters most. How many are thankful that you matter to God? <laughs> he loves you with an everlasting love. Well, listen, why don't you grab your copy of God's Word, or if you've got a tablet PC or your cell phone and you've got the, the Word of God in that, you can open up your app today. And uh, can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today... I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and tell him something nice about him. I mean, you know, just kind of compliment him. Look him in the eyes and say, you look like you lost weight or something. I don't know, whatever it is. Just make him feel good. Enter in the house of God. Or you can be a little cocky and just look at him and go, you must be blessed to sit next to somebody as good looking as me. Just, you know, let him know. Let them feel the goodness, of the glow of sitting next to you. Hey, I want to take a moment and once again welcome all of our first-time guests, those that are joining with us in the house for the very first time. What an honor it is to be able to host you today. We pray you feel the presence of God as well as the connection to the people that are around you. And, as, and also for those that are watching online for the first time, we want to welcome you as well. Can we give it up for all of our first-time guests today in the house? God bless you and those online. Well, I heard a story about a, a, a husband and a wife, and um, the wife said to her husband, I lost my keys again. And the husband said, it, uh, it's in your jeans. And she said, don't bring my family into this. Right? How many know we misunderstand each other now and again? Right? When we think we understand. And, and today I'm going to share with you something that I believe more than anything else, if you walk away with that you matter to God, then you've walked away with what I believe God wants you to know. But as we go through this series, You Matter, I want to talk to you a little bit about lost and found. How many were, remember, in elementary school or in junior high or even in high school, they had a lost and found, right? And all, if you've ever looked in the lost and found, if you did lose something, it is amazing all the things that can be lost at a school, Right? Like, how does a kid walk out without his shoes on? I'll never understand. Lost and found. He's got shoes in there. Uh, all these different things. And I, I, I get that. We used to have a, a store that we would go to in Scottsboro, Alabama. It was called Unclaimed Baggage. And it was a store that had a super huge store. Had all these things that had been left behind and abandoned by uh, those who were passengers on flights to, that traveled. And they, you know, they just unclaimed baggage. And so people saw value in it and they went ahead and, and, and some things you would be shocked 
at how much it was worth or how unique it was that someone, why in the world would somebody travel with something that expensive? And then there's, of course, the stuff that really doesn't matter so much. It's just like, uh, you know, old dirty socks and things like that. Nobody's going to buy that back. But when you think about lost and found, really what it is, if you, if you know what it is, it's just, it are, it's items awaiting retrieval from their owner right? That the owner is going to retrieve those articles. And if you lost something maybe over the next week here at the church and you come back to the church and hopefully we got it, if it's eyeglasses or sunglasses or a Bible or whatever, go to the lost and found and you can find the item. It was waiting all the time for you, the owner, to retrieve it. And today I believe God's going to teach us a little bit about himself when it comes to lost and found. As we look at uh, this, I I think I need to start by asking, what do you think about God? When when you think about God, what do you think? Like, how do you see him? How do you view him? I think our view about God is really important and our view can be skewed. How many know your view can be skewed about God, right? If you grow up in a a particular, uh, I don't know, family or religious background where you see God as distant and aloof and he's way up in heaven somewhere and he really doesn't care about you, doesn't think anything about you until moments where you do something wrong and then he's just waiting like an elderly gentleman with a long beard and a stick ready to just beat you up every time you do something wrong. If that's your view of God, how many know your view can be skewed? Right? And, and there's others of you in this room that you have a, a different view of God. You, you see him as close and you see him as connected and you see him as loving and, and generous. And when we look throughout the scriptures, what we find clearly in scripture is that God is a master. He always wins in the game hide and seek. Right? We, we go off hiding just like Adam and Eve did when they sinned. And he's always seeking. He's looking for those that can be found. Every good thing in your life has come from God. Out of his love, his mercy, his grace, his compassion, he gives us all these gifts. He gives us talents and gifts and abilities. And he he gives us the things that we have on this earth. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Listen, I know you probably worked hard at your job and bought the house or the car that you've got. And I think that's great. But how many understand God gave it to you? It's all on loan from him. I mean, think about it. Even our own homes or the things that we own, although we purchase them because of our hard work, who gave you the breath in your lungs to be able to do what you did or the creativity in your mind to be able to do what you did to make the money that you had to buy the stuff you got? It's all on loan from God. And the proof is when we die, you can't bring, you know, you're not going to have a U-Haul behind the hearse. You can't bring it with you. It's all on loan from him. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to just outline the things that I believe are lost and found. Luke 19, verse 10, if you don't have your Bible, you can just look on the screen, or if you don't have a Bible at all, let us know. We'll gladly get you a Bible. We want you to be blessed by God's word. But here it is, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this, I have come, this is Jesus talking now, I have come to find lost people and save them. Real simple, to seek and save those 
who are lost. The whole reason Jesus came to earth is to seek and save the lost. How many understand? The reason this church exists, if you were unclear up to this point why this church exists, not a social club, not just a gathering of relationships so you can hear good music and go home and say, wasn't that nice? Right? Not just a family reunion. The reason we exist as Dothan First is to seek and to save those who are lost in our city, in our community, in our world. That's why we exist. And in God's eyes, there's really only two types of people, right? He doesn't put up like all the human distinctions that separate us, that we put barriers between us because you're this way or you're that way or you lean this way, conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, right? Uh, or, or, or race or economic status. He, he, he doesn't pay all that much attention to all those little things that we choose to use to separate us from one another. What he cares about is, is you're in one of two categories. Either you are saved or you are lost. Saved or lost. And he's on a mission, a lost and found mission. Now, let me just stop and say this for those of you that maybe get in your mind, well, I'm saved and we kind of have an elevated view of ourselves and then we think about those who are lost and we look down on them like that's some sort of a cut down or a put down, like you're lost, I'm saved. Friends, can I just tell you, lostness does not take away value, it's actually proof of worth. Lostness is a compliment. How many know if you really love something and it's missing, it's lost. But if you don't care anything about it, it's just misplaced, right? Think about it like that. Both these words, saved and lost, imply that someone loves you and that you have value. Both saved and lost means you matter to God. Lostness implies value. You're worth seeking, you're worth finding, and you're worth saving. You're so valuable to God that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on a cruel cross for your sins. I mean, that's, that's the value you carry. But you still fit in one of these two categories, lost or found, saved or lost. I mentioned a moment ago that, you know, you can misplace things that are of little value, right? A pen, a paperclip, uh, I don't know. I, I got a little baggie in my pocket that I had brought something up here, this little baggie. Like if, if something happened to this little plastic snack bag, right, uh, it's not really lost. I mean, it's, right, it, it's just like I kind of misplaced it. I, I'm not probably going to go searching for that little plastic bag if somehow I've misplaced it. But there are other things in my life that if I lose it, it's dramatic and it is priceless and valuable to me. And I would look until I found it. Um, my wife, when we were uh, on a trip not that long ago to Dallas, um, she lost the diamond in the uh, wedding ring. And I can just tell you, it wasn't like that little baggie over there where we could care less what happened to it. Like we were on our hands and knees in a hotel hallway, just scouring that to try to figure out maybe it's in this hallway. And listen, I, I don't know how you think about hallways 
of hotels. But I can just tell you, one or two people have walked those hallways, and it's not, it, it's, it's gross. Let me just, let's just say, the bottoms of people's feet that I don't know have walked those hallways many times over, and I'm on the ground. I don't care how low to the ground I got to get. I mean, I'm crawling on my hands and knees. We're feeling around like this. Why? Because it wasn't just that the diamond was valuable. I mean, that's nice and that's wonderful, but the significance of the 30-year history of marriage that we have, there was also, uh, there was something significant about it because it represented our love. There's things in your life the same way that it's not just misplaced, it's lost. It deeply grieves your heart and it moves your heart and so too it is with God when it comes to people who are lost. Let's talk about it. Luke chapter 15 talks about, matter of fact, it's the lost and found chapter of the Bible. It mentions lost and found like 10 different times in one chapter. So Luke 15, we're going to talk about it. Jesus tells us these three stories of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, all different stories saying the same thing, and that is that you matter, that you matter. In this story, just so you know and understand the symbolism, they're called parables because it's not that they really happened, but Jesus used it as an illustration or it is as an example to help tell a story to get people to understand the concepts of God and his word, who he is and what he values, okay? So follow along with me in just in your own minds as I talk, your, you know, talk my way through these couple of stories, these parables that Jesus gave. And as I do, I want you to understand the symbolism. So first of all, the, in the three stories, the shepherd, the woman, and the father in these stories all represent God. And the sheep and the coins and the son represents us. All right, so let me give you the setup in these three stories and we'll start with the lost sheep. So um, before I tell the parable, you have to understand who he's talking to and why he's saying what he's saying, because otherwise the context, you know, you got to have the text in context or it doesn't make sense. And so he's preaching, teaching, uh, and the teachers of the law and the religious are standing around listening. And the Bible said that there were notorious sinners that were listening to the preaching of Jesus. And the religious people didn't like that. And so they kind of were agitated and they even started to talk about Jesus saying that he even eats with notorious sinners. Now let's just stop and say this. And I, I wish I could take a long time on this, but I'm gonna take just a few seconds to just simply say we are Christians in this building. But I hope and pray that we would never get to the place that we would despise someone that would walk into this place that would be a notorious sinner, that they would want to come to a church. What better place for a notorious sinner to come than at the feet of Jesus or in a church setting where they can learn and grow and get connected? Well, how, how could they have somebody like that associate with somebody like that? How dare they associate? Well, let me tell you something. You weren't so hot to associate with in your lifetime at certain moments. Come on, somebody. Right, We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this is the context within the text. Now let me tell you the story. So we start out, first of all, with the lost sheep. So the shepherd has 100 sheep, and he cares very much for those sheep, every last one of them. 
And out of these hundred sheep, you know, they'd, he'd at night put them in a pen where they'd be safe from the wolves. He would protect them throughout the day in the sun, watching out to make sure that nothing's going to get to that little lamb. And so all of these hundred sheep, he'd count them as they were going into the sheep pen and all this stuff. But now they're out in the pasture and he's starting to count, right? He, he counts the sheep because the sheep count. Just like at this church, we, we count you because you count. And, and the fact is, if there's one missing, is if, as long as there's even one person that doesn't know Jesus Christ and his love for them in this city, we're going to keep reaching out and reaching out and reaching out and reaching out because every soul has value. Every person matters to God and to us. But here we are, we're going through this storyline, and, and, and he's counting, and, and he gets to like 98, 99, and he just can't find this one. And, and, and the, this sheep has wandered off as, it, as often sheep do, right? They, it's wandering off, and, and he stops, and he, he cares so much about the one that's lost that he leaves the 99, and he goes out in pursuit of the one that is lost, and the Bible says once he finds the one that was lost, he may have had to search all night. It's not clear how long he had to search, but he was willing to search as long as it took to find the one lost lamb. And the Bible says that he carried it on his shoulders. And I, in my mind's eye, I'm not a shepherd. I never have been one. I'm not the son of one. But I can just tell you, in my mind's eye, what I think of is twofold. One, maybe that sheep had fallen into a ditch and hurt itself, and so he had to carry it because it was injured. That's a possibility. The other possibility is that sheep had to, uh, the tendency to get out of the pen a whole lot because he was a curious sheep. And so the, the master good shepherd took that thing and said, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm aware you like a backpack, boy. You ain't going nowhere, right? He, he wants to make sure that that sheep is covered and cared for. Now at the end, when he's coming home it says that he celebrates that the one lost lamb has been found and he throws a party celebrate with me lost coin here's the emphasis of the story the lady has uh, 10 valuable coins and she loses this rare coin this valuable coin and you can understand they didn't have like uh, the kind of floors that we have where it's super easy where if a coin falls on the ground you can just pick it right back up they had you know dirt and they had hay maybe inside of their uh, the place where they lived and so she is frantically turning the house upside down to find this one rare and valuable coin and then after having looked and looked and looked and looked she finally finds it she grabs it she's so excited that she found the lost coin that she throws a party and she's like celebrate with me I found the lost coin and then Jesus goes on and he talks about this other very unique parable, this storyline of what we call the prodigal son, right? Or the lost son. And we remember what happened. If you don't, I'll refresh your memory. Basically, there's a wealthy dad and he's got two sons. And the younger son says, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And I, before you die, I want you to give me the inheritance. Now think about the gall. The, I mean, think about the guts it would take to walk up to your parent who is still living and go, give me what you're going to give me when you die, like in your will. Give it to me now. 
Look, as a dad, just saying, I mean, I love my kids and everything. I got all kinds of things that I have in store in my will laid out that if I ever pass away, I got some great things I'm going to be passing on to my kids, Lord willing. I mean, I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon, but just in case, I'm prepared and, and ready for that. But if my son walked up to me and goes, Dad, you ain't dead yet, but you don't look so hot. And I'm out of here, and I don't want to wait till you're dead to get what I got coming to me. So give me what I got coming to me now. I look at him and go, boy, you must be outside your mind to think that I'm going to give you, right? I mean, come on, the audacity. But the father gives him half the inheritance. And the kid, as often kids do when they get a hold of a whole bunch of money and they haven't had the experience or the work ethic to know what to do with it, he goes out to Vegas or, you know, the Jerusalem version of Vegas, and, and he just lives it up, right, with, with wine and women. And he's got friends as long as he's got money, but we all know what happened in the storyline. As soon as he runs out of money, he runs out of friends. There's a famine. He can't find a job. Job market is tanked. He's now in the slop, living in a pig pen, feeding pigs. Not a good place for a kosher Jew, just saying. And here he is, he's, he's slopping the hogs, and he's living in the pig sty. And he, the Bible says he comes to his senses. It's like he had to shake his head and realize, I am the son of a wealthy man. <laughs> My dad treats his, his servants better than I'm being treated here. Why am I sitting in this this sloppy pigsty, trying, hoping to eat the slop from the hogs. I know what I'll do. I'm going to go back to my dad. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to humbly ask for forgiveness. And I'm going to say, I'm not worthy to be your son. But if I could just be one of your servants, at least I'll be treated better than I'm treated now. Okay, are you getting the picture? So what happens? The son begins to come home. And as he's on the journey, the Bible says that the son, I mean, the father seeing him afar off, talking about a long ways away, clearly the father was watching for his little boy, waiting, watching, praying that his son would come home. And as soon as he sees him, the Bible says he runs to him, which is a relatively undignified thing for a, a, a grown man father to do back in those days. But the Bible says he runs to him, and, and of course, the guy, the, you know, the kid, the son has his speech all prepared. Dad, I just want to let you know I'm not worthy to be your son, but if you let me be your hired hand, I'll have all this. And it was almost like the father stopped him, interrupted him in the middle of the speech that he'd prepared in the pigsty. And the father stops and goes, hey, wait, stop. You are my son. You are my boy. And I love you. And he, he said, get the robe, get, get his robe. And he puts this royal robe on him. He's, you know, maybe wearing very little of what he had left over from all the money that he'd wasted. And he, he gets this robe and he gives him the signet ring, which is kind of like the, you know, the American Express card of the family, you know. And he, and he goes so far as to say, get that one, that, that huge cow that we had waiting for a celebration feast, we're going to slaughter that cow and we're going to have a barbecue tonight. We're going to party hardy. We're going to party down because the lost son has returned. Okay, now, how many of you remember all three of those stories from growing up or you read, you read those stories? Okay, so as I review them throughout our time, there's some that haven't heard it and this is the first time others, you've heard it a couple of times or many, many, many times over. But I want to give you a perspective on each of these that I think will help you, whether you're saved 
or lost or helping others that are lost to understand what God did to love us. And the Bible says that he, when he did this, he threw a party because the lost son had returned. Now, just think about this for a minute. What are the three common denominators in the storyline of these three parables? Does anybody remember? Right? There's something that's lost, something that's found, and then there's a party. All three of them, God's waiting to throw a party that what's, what was once lost is now found. So the lostness in God's view means this, to be spiritually separated from God. Not connected in relationship with God means that you're spiritually lost. So what do we lose? What are some things that we lose according to these passages in Luke 15? Well, first of all, obviously we lose direction, right? Like the lost sheep, we find that <clears throat> sheep have a tendency to wander off. It's just the nature of a sheep to be able to go its own way. The grass looks good here and it starts munching. The grass looks good over there. And then he's just, uh, he starts munching over here. And then he's like, look over there. And then he sees there's water over there. And he just went and bah, walks over here. And he has no clue how far away he's gotten from the good shepherd. Right? And, and sadly, the sheep turns around and he's, after, he's gotten to drink everything. And he turns around and he looks around and he's all by himself. And he's lost. Now, I gave you that little picture. Because we are just like sheep. We don't realize sometimes how far away we've wandered from God. We, we've gotten just one direction off or just one, just one degree off and slowly but surely just like a plane that takes off and it's got one, de it's one degree off and it, it's supposed to land in certain place and if you're not careful, if you're supposed to land in Miami and that, that trajectory was just one degree off, you're landing in the ocean. It just, it was the timing and the trajectory that created this horrible tragedy. And so here we all are as believers doing our best, but every once in a while, our eyes get pulled away and we start going our own way. You know, our daughter Cameron had this tendency. Um, when she was about four years old, we were in Florida with our whole family. And um, we were in a hotel. We had just, I believe we had just checked in, but uh, <clears throat> my sister has six kids and we have three. So there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of kids to rally. And we're doing all this fun stuff. And all of a sudden, in the middle of it, as we're checking in and getting all of our luggage brought up, we realize, where's Cameron? To this day, that moment brings like stress to my heart as I remember back a four-year-old being lost in Florida in the, the middle of this hotel. And we go on a frantic search and we're running upstairs and we're running downstairs and we're in the elevator and we're all over this place trying to find out who stole Cameron. And come to find out she had gone, I think it was one level down and one of the maids that was cleaning noticed that this little girl was in the room with her and just brought her up, just... Cameron was our little sheep, our little lamb. Oh, that looks fun. <laughs> and before too long, where's Cameron? We, to this day, we joke about this as a family. Where's Cameron? Everybody watch out for Cameron. Somebody's got to watch for Cameron. But you know what? The apple doesn't fall very far from the tree because I was that guy too. When I was growing up, I loved to just go on adventures. Just search the whole wide world. It's so big. Let's have fun. And my parents, God bless them, 
I can't believe that they have hair and I don't because they should have lost it a long time ago having to raise me. I remember there's been, there was a couple of times at Detroit Pistons games. They brought me to, uh, you know, in the heart of Detroit there as, as we would watch these basketball games. <clears throat> and they would have seats, wonderful seats. They'd get it for me for my birthday or whatever, a special event. And, and here I am, and they're in their seats. And I would just, I'd say, hey, can, I'm going to go get some popcorn or whatever. And then as sure as could be, I had ideas in my head about what I could do in this huge 25,000 people arena, I could just go my own way. And sure enough, I would. And I would try to get as close to the players as I could. As a matter of fact, I did some things I'm not all proud of, I'm just saying. But, but there was you know, a gate that would stop the people from going below into the lower levels, the lower areas where the players were. And uh, they would show like specialty tickets, VIP tickets and so on. And, and I saw this older couple about my parents' age walking down with VIP seating. And they showed the tickets and scanned them with the guy that was there. And I thought in my mind, I could just act like those are my parents. And so I run past the guy who's taking the tickets and I go, Mom, Dad, wait. I'm so sorry that I, did not, I, I denied you as my parents in order to take on someone else as parents just to get me VIP seating. I think you just need to thank God that I was not your child. I think you need to take a moment and thank your own children today. Lostness. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 6 says it like this about sheep. We're all like sheep who've wandered off, gotten lost. We left God's path to follow our own, Right? We get lost. We want our own way. We want our plans more than God's plans, and we get lost. And human beings, just like sheep, tend to drift. They wander off spiritually, and they need God's direction. We lose protection when we walk away from the good shepherd, right? We, just like sheep, they're defenseless animals. Think about sheep. They, they don't have fangs or claws, or they can't run fast. I mean, they're, they're very vulnerable animals. And far away from the shepherd, they are really vulnerable, to wolves and all kinds of predatory animals. And yet, the good shepherd's always there watching and connecting and caring. And God sees us and says, I'll be your good shepherd. I'll watch out for you. Don't wander off. You'll, you'll miss my protection if you wander. If you wander away from me, I, I, I'm, I'm, not able to, I'm not going to be able to do what I could do if you're close to me. And so here it is in, in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 2. It says, my people wander like lost sheep, poor lost sheep without a shepherd, right? To protect them, to guide them. Psalm 23, we know it says, the Lord is my what? Shepherd. Jesus is called the good shepherd. And what he's trying to tell you today is the world's ready to eat you up. The world is going to eat you alive without my safety and my protection and my care. As a matter of fact, you're, listen, you are vulnerable without God. Vulnerable to the elements of this world. That's why people, when they're away from God, have worry and stress and anxiety and all these things. Trying to work it out on their own. What's going on? They're spiritually lost. And they need the good shepherd. And when we, listen... When we willfully walk away from the protection of the good shepherd, we cannot blame the good shepherd when we chose to walk. 
He gives us a free will to choose. It'd be no different than if it was raining outside and I took an umbrella and I held it up for my wife and I said, I'm going to let this protect you from the elements. And then we start walking together and all of a sudden she goes, I'm going this way. And I try to chase her down with the umbrella (laughs) and she keeps running. She's exposing herself to the elements and so too it is as we like sheep have all gone astray, wanting our own way. Romans 8.28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, let me just stop and say this. Does it say everything's good? No. A lot of stuff is bad. There's sin in this world. A lot of bad stuff out there. But the Bible says he can work it together for the good of who? Those who what? Love God and are called according to his word. Those who are willing to submit themselves to God and his love and his protection, then he says, I've got you. I can make bad stuff turn to good. But if we ignore God's help, he he won't force you to trust him. He won't force you to trust him. But when I'm placed under the shepherd's care, I get his protection. We also lose our impact If we're lost, we lose our impact, just like the coin, right? The coin that gets lost. It doesn't mean the coin lost its value. It just means it loses its potential. It's disconnected, right? If when I'm disconnected from God, I lose my ability to be used by God for good. When I'm disconnected from God, my ability to do great things or godly things is limited. My grandmother, my dad's mom, gave me a number of coins. You may not even know this. She gave me a number of coins, and I'm holding a few of them right here. All right. So uh, she gave me an Indian, a few, some Indian head pennies, buffalo nickels, Kennedy half dollars, Morgan silver dollars. All right. Now that you know, money has great potential to do great things, right? Um, you can. If you have enough money, you can feed a family. If you have enough money, you can build a house and keep people protected from the elements. If you have uh, money, you can give to the poor or you can give to missionary work. You can do a lot of great things with money, right? Or you can use it for frivolous purposes, right? I could take this buffalo nickel and stick it in a gumball machine and get a gumball out. True? Right? Think about it. We can use it for whatever we want, either good causes or frivolous ones. But most and generally, the reason that I wouldn't put this buffalo nickel in for a gumball as much as I would enjoy a gumball is that I realize this has value that's far beyond what I see on the surface. The surface value of a five cent piece is five cents. But because this is unique, because this is older, it has significantly more value than what's seen on the surface. There's a, 19, uh, a 1794 silver dollar. I don't have it, but I found out that it was sold for $10 million. A silver dollar sold for $10 million. Think about that. Now, if I had that, let's just pretend this was it. And I went ahead and, I, you know, said, I want to go across the street and play a video game. Can you take this silver dollar and give me four quarters? And they go, sure, no problem. And I play my video game and it's over. And I did not recognize the value of the coin that I had. Are you following this? The closer you get to your creator, the more you realize your value. 
But these coins, listen, can't do anything good if it's lost. If it's lost, it has no impact, right? If you lose the coin, the coin is, no, is not useless. It's just simply unused. Let me say that again. The coin, if I lose it, right? If I knock it off there and I lose it, it doesn't mean that it's lost its value. It still has the same value up here as it did down here. Are you following this? But because the value is not changed, but because it's unused, it loses its impact. Friends, you're still worth something. And lost people that don't know God and are disconnected from God still have incredible value. They're, they're loved. They're not worthless. It's just that currently the value is being wasted. Wasted time. Wasted effort, but they're still worth something. They haven't lost their value. A lost coin has lost its ability to make a difference in the world. And God made you to do great things, far greater than you ever dreamed possible, but you have to put your life in the master's hands to be used for his glory and his good purpose. Friends, only your creator knows what you're capable of. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, mind has not comprehended the great things that God has in store, right? 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But can I just tell you, that's not just talking about heaven. That's talking about the value God sees in you today, right now. We also can tend to lose our purpose, just like the lost son. When the younger son chooses to rebel against his father, the Bible says that he went out and wasted all he had and he woke up in the pig pen and he realized he'd lost his purpose. Luke 15, 14, it says this. After he'd spent everything, a time came when he found there was no food anywhere in the country and the son was poor and hungry and he was miserable. He lost his sense for a minute. Look, Life doesn't make sense when you're disconnected from God. I'm just saying. I, 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 honestly, it's so illogical to move away from the God that loves you and cares for you and has a plan and a purpose for your life and wants nothing but good for you. It's so illogical to walk away from the creator of the universe who made you for a specific purpose and he alone can define that purpose to get away from the God that loves you with an everlasting love that he would send his only son to die for you. It's illogical to walk away and yet we lose our senses. It's like we lost our mind. Are you outside your mind? <laughs> Have you lost it, son? And he comes to his senses like we all must. And he says, I realize I'm outside of relationship with my father. Friends, being outside of relationship with God causes anxiety and guilt and regrets and all kinds of things when you, when you feel like you've lost your purpose, right? You're not in harmony with God you're rebelling against God, just like the son did his loving father. Let me ask you something. Do you feel close to God? Do you feel close to God? If not, because he's not going to force you to love him. If not, the real question is, if you're far from God, who moved? Right? He, he didn't move. He loves you with an everlasting love. He wants you to be close. But you will be as close to God as you choose to be. 
The possibility is that we could lose our soul. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, what good is it if someone gains the whole world and loses their soul if the worship team would come as we prepare to close out? God gives us a free will to choose. As I said, he's not going to force us to love him. We're free to choose, listen, but we're not free from the consequences of our choices. Eternally, there are eternal consequences, right? The Bible talks about it. It's very simple. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. He gave his life as a penalty for our sins so we didn't have to die. He gave us that choice, that free gift of salvation. We can choose to trust him, choose to receive forgiveness, choose to receive salvation or not. And the Bible says you can be eternally with God in heaven or eternally separated from God in hell. Well, pastor, a good, loving God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Listen, friends, can I just remind you? He gave us a free will to choose. He, he's almost like Burger King. Have it your way. Right? You don't want me on earth in a temporary setting where I'll love you and care for you in this wicked and awful, perverse world filled with sin and trial and struggle and suffering. You don't even want to reach out to my, to my goodness and my love and you don't want me. You don't want me in the temporary. Why would you want to live with me for eternity? He won't force you, friend. He loves you enough to give you a free will to choose, and then you make the choice. But one day, we're going to die, and we're going to stand before God, and we have, a, we, have, we have a moment before our maker where we take into account those things. What, he'll ask that, what did you do with my son, Jesus? his sacrifice it makes no sense to reject God's love and his guidance and his mercy what are you placing more important or above God and his mercy and love because whatever you're prioritizing is what you're worshiping right God requires that priority love just like my wife would require priority love There's, there's something inside of you that cries out for God. Something deep within every human being. We weren't made to be separate from God. We were made to be in connection with God. But like sheep, we have a tendency to get lost because we're wandering. It's tempting to want your own way. I get it. Right? Like the lost coin, we get lost sometimes by our circumstance, right? Life kind of knocks us off the table. I mean, I can just tell you, friends, Having been connected to disaster relief for many years, I've had the opportunity. We were, uh, uh, our, our church from Michigan went to Hurricane Katrina for the rescue and relief effort. And then when tragedy struck in our neck of the woods there in Madison and in Huntsville in 2000, I believe it was 2011, and the tornadoes came through and a lot of the places that we were ministering to were destroyed. And I go from house to house and we try to help in what ways we could, giving water and clothing and uh, food and whatever we could to, you know, taking chainsaws and trying to cut down some of the trees that were on top of fences or on rooftops. And what I found is this, is that circumstances do one of two things. Either they turn people to God or they turn people away from God. And I don't know what, the, what makes the difference. I guess our reaction is what makes the difference. But I know some of you in this room, you've been through some tough stuff, tough situations. And I admire the fact that you're here 
and that you're doing your best. But I want you to know this world is filled with a lot of tough situations and it can either turn you toward God to say, God, I need you more. I trust you more. God, I need you more than I ever needed you before. Or it can turn you away from God where you just go in your heart. You know what? God doesn't exist because if he did, then bad things wouldn't happen to good people. And friends, the fact is this is in heaven. We're not in heaven yet. This is earth. This is why God came to earth because we messed it all up because of our sin and God's trying to redeem us and one day we will be fully redeemed in heaven. And then finally with that lost son, we were lost by our own choices. You know the scripture, John three sixteen, but I'm gonna read this passage from the ERV and it just simply says this, in this translation, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him would not be lost. Friends, God's on a rescue mission, a relief effort for you. He is seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for your great-grandchildren. He's not going to stop seeking until he finds you. And now you've got the choice to be found or to hide remain lost. I want to pray with you right now to believe God that he's going to do some transformation in this room and for those watching online. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, in this room, you're on a rescue mission and we know it to reconnect us with you. And Lord, often we go our own way. We wander off. We do our own thing. We think we know better than you and God forgive us when we've walked away. But now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would you would reconnect us to you. For Lord, there are many that may be listening right now that feel like they have no value, that somehow they're worthless. They're lost. They don't feel worth anything. But friends, today, hear the voice of God that says you're valuable. And Lord, I pray you'd show them their value. Show them their worth. Recover them. Rescue them today. Lord Jesus, I pray people would be found. If you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be some in this room who say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area. And if that's you, friend, I've got great news. I'm not here to embarrass you, not my heart to judge you. It's simply my heart to invest in a moment to invite you into relationship with the only one who can truly do something profound to set you free for eternity to give you hope in heaven, to give you purpose on earth. And if that's you, friend, if you've got sin that's separating you from God, listen, you don't have to wait any longer. You can come to know his love and his goodness and his forgiveness right now. There may be others of you, you just kind of been in that tradition and religion, but you've never really created relationship between you and God. Friends, you don't get to heaven by religion. You do get there by relationship with God through Jesus Christ and the offering of his son. So if you're in either of those categories, I'm gonna invite you to do this. I'm gonna invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, this is between you and God, but I want you to make a sincere dedication right now. Come on, all over this place. Yeah, God bless you, God bless you. Hands are already going up. God bless you, yes, in the balcony, on the main floor, under balcony, yes, God bless you. Anybody else today? Come on, that's you. Just slip up your hand. That's me. Include me in the prayer. Listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to make a commitment, a, a, a willful decision. 
to make Jesus Christ Lord of every area. If there's sin that's separating you from God, friends, this is the time to make that right. Just slip your hand up if that's you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. There may be others of you. You need God to restore your purpose and your impact. You kind of like that lost coin. You know you still have value, but you just need God to instill purpose in you. The impact. You need to make an impact for the Lord. Friends, we only have so many days on this earth and we need to make every day count for God. If that's you as a believer, as a Christian in this room, and you just say, Mark, I feel like I, I've lost a little bit of my impact or my purpose, and I really need God to show how I can be most effective in the days ahead. If that's you as a believer in this house, would you put up your hand all over this place? Yeah, tons of people lifting their hands, that's right. As a believer in Christ, you just wanna be used by him for his glory, his goodness. You wanna make an impact in the world. God bless you, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Let me pray over those who made a decision for Christ. Lord Jesus, in this room, I know that there are some who dedicate and rededicate their life to you. They wanna make an impact in the world and I just speak blessing over them to not only know their purpose, but to get so close to you as the creator of the universe and the creator of their life that they would know their purpose. They would walk closely with you and they would do what they're called to do. Now, I'd like you to just, everyone in the room, pray this prayer out loud with me as a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say this prayer out loud? Just simply say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you just stand up with us all over this place? Put your hands together and celebrate those who made a decision for Christ. And let's worship the Lord together. dismissed. I'm going to give you a couple of quick instructions. If you made a decision for Christ today, we're so honored that you chose to make that decision today and we want to help you in your journey of faith. You can take a connection card in the seat pocket in front of you and fill it out and that way we can know if you check the box letting us know you made a decision for Christ. We'll be praying for you over the days to come. If you want to use the smartphone, we'll give you a, a, a booklet called One to One it's an electronic version. You just text D1WALK to the number 84576 
and uh, we'll send you just a link with a free downloadable copy of this booklet that'll help you in your journey of faith. We want you to walk with uh, the, the assurance in your salvation walk that you know who you are in Christ, that you have identity and purpose. Also, I want to let you know if you've never done this before, we would love for you to sign up for our Grow Track. That helps you to know the next steps of faith to take after salvation, after baptism. We want to help you know your purpose and uh, the gifts, talents, and abilities God's got uh, locked it inside of you. We want to be released for His goodness. And uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to release some of our leaders. If you'd head out toward our, we have a special guest reception for some of our first-time guests. So if you're a first-time guest, grab that Connect card, fill it out, and then you'll see out these doors and to the left, before you leave the, the building, you'll see on the left-hand side, uh, it's big old sign that says guest reception. That's just for you. Come on in there and we'd be delighted to greet you and connect with you. Well, listen, let me release you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart to declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. May you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, your friends, your co-workers, those in your sphere of influence, and mostly to bless your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you either this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.